1: being here on a Sunday when it's beautiful outside in Philadelphia. You might, might as, as well, well be a, a win, man. Welcome to the PHLY Sixers post-game show here. See, we're teammates. We know how we. the synergy is there. We know. He we knows how to finish together. my sentence. Kyle Newbeck with Devon Givens here, Brianna producing, and... You talking about a huge win here on the road for the Sixers over the Dallas Mavericks. 120, 116, a lot of big performances from players that we talked about pregame. If you missed our pregame, we highlighted not Kelly Oubre, but we highlighted everyone else and we forgot about him. I forgot about him. And he came up. Listen, out we and forgot about him in the huge, first half. Too, yes, so. <laughs> played huge, huge down the last. 16 minutes of the second half from the last three minutes of the four minutes of the third and the final 12 all 12 minutes in the fourth quarter kelly Oubre was phenomenal during that 16 minute stretch we'll get into him we'll talk about tyrese Maxey how he got things ignited in that first quarter but they changed their defense a little bit he had a little knock to the head as well which changed how he played in the tactic game there A number of players did things in this one, had their hand in this, including Nick Nurse for the job that he did. We'll talk about it all with you. The Sixers now picking up win number 35 on the season, 35 and 25. They're back to 10 games over 500 and staying right there with the New York Knicks in the fourth spot in the Eastern Conference. But as we get started and we hang out with you here on this Sunday, I got to go to Kyle and get Kyle your thoughts on how this one played out. What was the... uh, the, the entire what were your overall thoughts on this one of why they got this w well
0: so you brought up a bunch of different guys in your opening stanza over there I, I would say the point that is being made by you bringing all those guys up and the the times of the game is that they had answers for every time the game situation changed right go down 11 nothing and you know, we're predicting double-digit losses before the game. (laughs) Like, hey, everybody go outside, enjoy your Sunday, et cetera, et cetera. And so you're looking at it and saying, all right, this one might get away from them. Great response early that is sparked by Tyrese Maxey and some of the best speed-changing, acceleration, deceleration that we've seen from him all year. And then Dallas says, hey, we're going to try to take him away. We're going to hedge. We're going to double. We're going to get the ball out of his hands and in the second quarter Tobias Harris steps up and he gets going he gets some shots to go down makes some plays in transition and then hit some mid post jumpers he gets to I think he got to what like 14 at halftime after frankly a start that it looked like it was going to be a long day for him so you get to halftime and you're up and, and the good vibes are rolling well then Tyrese Maxey gets hurt in the third quarter even as the the aggressive defense is being played and it's like okay Now you're down to him. Kyle Lowry can't hit water from a boat today. What do you do? And Kelly Oubre steps forward. And it just felt like every time something was going wrong or somebody came out that they got a lift and and they got a spark. And some of that was because they did the hard work. They did the early work. They they made the defensive rotations. Guys got their hands on balls. Guys are attacking offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, and and doing the little things that – we preach on this show all the time. And Dallas put the fear of God in them at the end, right? Because, end of the day, they still had Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. And those guys are two of the best, difficult shot makers in the league. But I think this is more what I would have hoped for, what the fan base would have hoped for when Joel went down with an injury. Like it, it was a team that felt like they had an identity, they had cohesiveness. And, and maybe some of this is just. They're getting more minutes together, and Nick Nurse is stumbling into things, lineup combinations, starting Kyle Lowry, which we'll get to him at some point. But it was the first time... Like, they won the other night against Charlotte. I still wouldn't say it was a a great performance overall. Mm. This is a game where it was like, that's a team that actually has some real chemistry to fall back on, and an understanding of how to play together and how to benefit from one another. Like, when you have... Kelly Oubre out there in the second half I think he ended up with like four assists in this game And, and we call him a black hole all the time that's been his reputation as a player for most of his career so to see him break off of that to see him buy into this and to create this environment that a bunch of different guys get to double digits and impact the game that's what you wanted to see when Joel went down this is unlike the Charlotte game to me you point to this game and say this is a performance you can build on. You go into the film room and say, "This is
1: Sixers basketball. This is how you have to play." Uh, three assists in the second half. To your point. point, yes. two in the fourth quarter and two in the th- uh, and one in the third for Kelly Oubre. I-, I I'll point out a few things that also stood out to me. Kyle's absolutely right. The 11-0 start by Dallas. We're sitting there looking at each right. other and saying. All right, this one might be an ugly, another ugly Sunday afternoon game like we saw uh, against Milwaukee, where, quite honestly, it just wasn't a good game, and and it showed itself. So the 11 will start. So I give credit right there. Nick Nurse for calling that timeout. I mean, you have to call the timeout because they just hit a three-pointer to go up 11 But they could going come out of it and gone down 20s Exactly. <laughs> what, what did they do? They go on like a 13-0 run, if I'm not mistaken. I'll put it in my notes uh, of what they did where they got right back into it with a 15-0 run uh, to, to do what they did to get back into it 5-6 to make it 13-11, and then they scored that 15 yes. to give it 15-0 run. So credit to Nick Nurse there for whatever he said in that timeout. He called the timeout because he had to, but it was whatever he said in that timeout to get them going. Number two, I just thought after that, that was three minutes into the game. They played inspired basketball. Yes. They had an identity of what they wanted to do. So we know what the lineup looked like with Kyle Lowry starting, Mobamba as well. But they came out inspired after that to go on that 15-0 run, spearheaded by Tyrese Maxey. And before that three-minute that three-minute run by Dallas, the timeout from Nick Nurse, Tyrese Maxey was allowing everyone else to take the shots and get going. We see the stars let the complementary players, the other players, get going first where the star player gets going a little bit thereafter. Yeah. He did that, and once that timeout happened, he was the one that ignited things and sparked things. No more things of that. No more waiting. And turned it up. <laughs> and with, as Kyle was talking about, the way that he was using his speed downhill, it was, for me, the dribble combinations, the counters to the moves that he had, length on him with Derrick Jones Jr., and how he was attacking him, setting him up to have him lean just enough to keep that... To keep him off balance, to use that speed with his strong hand, by the way, to get to the basket, scoop, finish, and not pick up the basketball. Keep the dribble alive to get to the basket and finish. So that was that. Then you had the other extra things that were happening with the plays that they were doing. The extra pass from Kyrie from Kelly Oubre late. As he had it going scoring, he makes that extra pass, that key bounce pass to Nick Batum in the corner, wide open for a three-pointer. And then another one later. That's one one in the opposite Absolutely. corner. Absolutely. And Nick Batum had missed a three-pointer, two three-pointers that were wide open. So a great connected pass, yeah. as you like to call it, to him right there, where he already had the 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 uh, hot hand going with the scoring he did that great offensive rebound from Nick Batum they wind up not scoring but they got the rebound great offensive rebound from Tobias Harris after a miss they didn't score there but keeping them off the defensive glass to give them another 14 seconds to run off the clock to try to get a shot and get things going great five five point stretch from Buddy Heel when they needed five points from him after he struggled here tonight. They got something out of
0: everybody. It might not have exactly. been a lot out of everybody. Yeah. That's something out of everybody. It,
1: they just did so many things. And to your point, also, while I don't run off each name as we will talk about them over this postgame show, the fact that they had one turnover at halftime to get them into it, three turnovers almost by the end of the third quarter, because they were protecting the basketball and allowing themselves to get good shots on this afternoon just a phenomenal, I saw someone ask, was this the best win of the season? It's up there because they've had some really good ones where we've talked about it after, like Cleveland. Great win on the road before and the All-Star break. And this is what Braves. Dallas needs, Great right? Like, that's a crowded Western yes, Conference playoff they picture. needed this one. They're,
0: like we said before the game, Devon, they're one and three over the last four coming into this game. Mm-hmm. And so Dallas is coming in and saying, we need this one. We got to get yep. the ship on the right track yep. here. So to come in and outplay them for most of that game, because that there was nothing fluky about it, right? They no. created good shots. They played good defensively. Like, Dallas gave them credit, continued to battle until the end, made a bunch of tough threes, and Luka and Kyrie did their thing. Like, Kyrie still ends up with 28, 5, and 4. Luka scraped the triple-double at the end with 38, 11, and mm-hmm. 10 on good efficiency. Like, those guys had good games. Derrick Jones could not miss, did
1: not miss. He had one miss on the— And you still beat them. And you still beat that basketball team. Yeah, you that's did. a good win. That's a good win. And when we talked about it coming into it, defense optional for the 76ers, they play good defense tonight. There's nothing you can do about a triple double, Luka Doncic, or because Derek Jones Luka Doncic five threes. You live with those threes as they were going, and they was knocking them down. I'm looking at Colin like you live with those because that has to happen. It was similar. It was Josh Green in the first one, but the Sixers had an answer for it tonight versus, I mean, this afternoon versus what they didn't have in that game in Philadelphia on February 5th. The, the role player hit the shots. You had good counters, and you had everybody doing something to help pick up this victory on the road again. as we said, both teams with 34 wins, trying to position themselves in their respective conferences to stay in the spot, yes. n- keep away from Golden State, stay with the Knicks for the Sixers, hold off the Indiana Pacers right there or the Miami Heat. And the Sixers came out and did just that in a tough environment, uh, against a team that, again, needed this one as much as you did, but you came up with the win. Nick Nurse did a really good job out coaching yes. Jason Kidd in this one. Your stars did what your stars did. Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, Tyrese Maxey, and then your role players stepped up in a big, big way. So I do want to focus on, on Maxey
0: for a second. Like, as you brought up, Devon, first few minutes of the game, deferring a little bit, letting other guys. And great sign of the progression he's made as a leader and the star of a team to say i don't have time to wait now like it's 11 nothing i don't have the time to wait until the second quarter until the third quarter to really start hunting my shot if i don't go get it right now they could we could be in a hole and it's 20 to 5 and it's 30 to 12 or whatever it turns into i got to go get mine now And to recognize that is really important for him in this role. It's important for him when he's the second guy to dwell in beads number one. But this is part of the maturation process of of being a star player. Like, yes, you are the point guard. You are someone who needs to get other guys going. But also, you are the best player that is available for this team right now. And when the team's about to go off a cliff, whether that's the opening three minutes, whether that's a stretch in the third quarter— They look to you to say, hey, Tyrese, what are we doing? What are you doing? And so Tyrese, to put together that type of first quarter and essentially save the game from going off the rails and completely change the narrative of this game, that's incredible shit. And, and like, look, you brought it up earlier. When they tried to single cover him on the perimeter, they could not guard him. I mean, they're throwing... Derek Jones Jr. has limitations offensively, but he's a good athlete, long, can throw a lot at you. He's going right by him. Dante Exum, his reason that he's still in the league and still an NBA rotation guy is defense. And Tyrese hit him with a nasty crossover step-back combo, sent him to the shadow realm, hit that step-back three. He had it all working, man. And, like, look, we talk about Tyrese's speed, but I said the deceleration earlier because it's important for him to mix speeds. And so that if you're going 100 miles an hour all the time, when you're as fast as him, you're going to get some wins out of that, right? But it's that ability to play start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. Like we watch it with Andre Miller way back in the day where he's nowhere near the athlete max he was. But he knew that. That was baked into his game. And so he had a great understanding. I mean, Luca is the best present-day example, right? He's not the greatest athlete in the world by any stretch, but he's got such a great understanding of his body and his footwork and his timing. And so watching Maxi hit the brakes and then explode past guys, like he's really figuring out the deeper he gets into his career, yeah, he can hit you in transition at full speed at 100 miles an hour, but he can also come to a dead stop and get to his floater and hit an easy six to eight footer if he just takes a moment and collects himself. So thought it was a great display of leadership from him. And I think, look, not the defensive performance that he had against, you know, Boston mm-hmm. earlier in the week and what have you, but I still think there was an early transition possession that you and I talked about might've gotten away with a foul on, but mm-hmm. the effort is there. The rotations are there. He's been a better low man when he needs to do that and tag the roller and pick and roll. So Lots of little stuff adding up on defense and, you know, the offense is what it is. Dallas had to change their entire setup, their entire defense because of him getting going early. And
1: that's a testament to him in a big way. He was 7 for 10 in the first quarter for the points that we talk about. He didn't shoot the basketball until 7 minutes and 31 seconds. And he made that basket, and he kept going, and he did not stop. He put that pressure on them and turned that around. Down by the 11 points that we talk about, the Sixers were up 10 after the first quarter because of what he did and changing that entire complexion of how he went after. And again, the start stop. Like we said earlier, the counters that he had there. And when you talk about that understanding when to go 100 and then pull it back to about 85, just like that. Yeah.
0: That's hard to The guy to do, in the prime that, the <laughs>
1: that I would talk about that would do that in his prime and was very successful was Russell Westbrook. Oh, yeah. He goes balls to the wall every time, right? But he knew when to stop and have that little step back. And that's why I had that mid range jumper for him. Because that was what the game was, not necessarily three-pointers yet, was so money when he would hit that 15-foot jump Mm -hmm. shot because no one could stop him going and they had to respect that speed. And when we discuss Tyrese Maxey and him also saying, let me incorporate, it's not a bad analytical shot when you have a guy who can get to the basket the way that he does and then shoot 40% from three to incorporate that mid-range jumper because it's such a weapon. When we say three levels, that's all three levels for Tyrese Maxey, the way that he does it. And he did that in that first quarter to really get it going yes, he got fouled a few more times where even Hubie Brown was like, yeah, he's got a right to oh, have a beef and right Hubie, now. Hubie doesn't and, like guys <laughs> politicking. He's like, he's got a he case got here. Better. He got fouled, right? Yeah, so he had a case there, and he was phenomenal in that first one. Again, didn't shoot the basketball into 7:31 in that first quarter, and after that, again, did not let up whatsoever. Phenomenal work by him. He did finish with 24 on the on the afternoon, but that was because he had to come out during that short time because of the little knock to the head. When he came back in, he still looked like you know he wasn't moving his like him his normal self. But he was drawing that attention and, as a decoy, still did his job out there on the floor because he hit Nick Batum in the middle of the floor mm-hmm. for some extra passes from Batum to others to get those shots Kelly Oubre, Tyree, Tobias Harris, et cetera, to make it work that, like that. So, as off as he looked once he came back into the game in the fourth quarter, still his presence out there on the floor Absolutely. was just as important as they continue to keep it going in the fourth quarter. You know whose presence is getting us excited, Devon? Who's that? Our new friends with Olipop. New friends, new friends.
0: Olipop is a new kind of soda, guys, with two to five grams of sugar, nine grams of fiber per can. That is a great ratio. Olipop is available online at almost 30,000 retailers nationwide as well, including a recent launch at all Wawa stores where you can scoop a classic root beer or a strawberry vanilla. They're two most popular flavors at a Wawa near you. Guys, I've been a big soda drinker at times throughout my life. You know, Sometimes you wanted that, you like the taste, maybe you need the caffeine, whatever it is. I ended up quitting drinking soda for a while. Once you start to look into the, the health repercussions of frequent soda drinking, and Olipop allows you to get what you want from soda without worrying what it's doing to your body. Olipop is much lower in sugar than conventional sodas. I will give you the comparison right here. Two to five grams of sugar from natural sources in Olipop, no added sugar. Coca-Cola, regular Coca-Cola has 39 grams of sugar. Mm. That is a night and day difference. And if you're replacing your Coca-Cola's of the world with Olipop, they have tons of classic flavors. Vintage Cola, Classic Root Beer, Orange Squeeze, Classic Grape, Strawberry Vanilla, Cream Soda, and Cherry Cola. So like you got that. all kinds of options. We've had them around the office here. I believe we had some social media posts showing the beautiful colorful cans. So keep an eye out for those the next time you're at Wawa. And guys, you can use the code PHLY20 for 20% off of your next Olipop order. <laughs> this discount only applies to one-time orders, not to subscription orders. Olipop is sold online at drinkollipop.com and Amazon, and it's available in almost 30,000 retailers from Wawa to Target, Sprouts, Wegmans, ShopRite,
1: and GoPuff. So go get some today. And I've had the pleasure of traveling with our. Other sponsor here, Philly Sports Trip on bus trips to Brooklyn for the Sixers-Nets games. Actually, Sixers play the Nets on Tuesday. So how about that? But I'm saying that to point out when I've been on the bus trips, you can maybe bring a little beverage on the bus to take the trip up there. Olipop might be the one for you hey. if you have a trip like that. Now, for this one, you can't take hands on the airplane, but they have them themselves. That being said, teaming up, with PHLY Sport, uh, uh, teaming up with PHLY Sports here is Philly Sports Trips, and that is for a PHLY spring training takeover to Clearwater as baseball is right around the corner. We are in the month of March. At the end of the month, the regular season begins. But for right now, as they get ready to tune up for those meaningful matchups, P-H-L-Y, Philly's team is taking a trip to Clearwater with Philly sports trips again for the P-H-L-Y spring training takeover. And I've had the pleasure again of going to Brooklyn on the bus trips, haven't had the chance to do this type of trip. Would have loved to have done that, especially with the Sixers on the road. During that time, Vince could have made sure that Vince in charge the owner of philly sports trips and vince <laughs> pellegrini they should have put something together for us to go down there and do our our shows there on the road from Clearwater. Clearwater to talk about the basketball team give us a little break hey the weather's breaking here though if you want to take a trip with the great people of philly sports trips and phly phillies guess what Get to hang with the legend, Charlie Manuel. Good to see him back and in good health. Philly Sports Trips plan the whole experience out so they have you covered from flights and hotels to game tickets and transportation. You don't have to worry about a thing don't have to lift a finger whatsoever. Spend St. Patrick's Day on a private yacht with the catered Ooh, dinner a and drinks. A yacht. If you've never been on a yacht, guess what? Vince and Philly Sports Trips, they have you covered. Be on the lookout for more events throughout the year. It's a long year, folks. So be on the lookout for more trips with Philly Sports Trips in the future. They had the big football party during that game at the beginning of February, her good reviews there. So if you want to make sure you hang out with them in the future, you can do so first by going to our trip with March 13th through the 18th. So you don't want to miss that. You got to make sure you get in there and book that right now before it's all filled up. If you want to do that, head to allphly.com events to learn more and book your trip with the PHLY Phillies team and Philly Sports Trips. We had
0: somebody, Rich P said he loves Olipop. The dude said Sodaholic Anonymous Kyle with a question mark. No, it was just one of those things that at some point I was like, I'm drinking too much soda. Yeah. yeah. Cut it back.
1: Yeah. So now and we have Cut it back pop. to zero. Now I got Ollipop. I don't have to do that. Now you don't have to cut it back because they make sure that you're all good there for that one. All right, man. Still a lot to get to here on this one. But let's get to a couple of Super Chats before we jump into some more of these individual performances like Paul Reed and others who had a really good game. Let's start off with uh, Mr. Rudy Pooh. Says Kelly Oubre is my goat. Is he Mr. now? Rudy Pooh. Is well, he now?
0: Now go- we have to get into an individual performance. Well, and Valhos also added on, said, "Yes, Rudy Pooh, go Kelly." <laughs> so we had a lot of back Kelly Oubre enthusiasm in the super chats today. So great time to get into. Look, I will be transparent. I said it in my recap when Tyrese goes down, had the head thing, four minute mark
1: of the fourth quarter. The, the third like, quarter.
0: It's your time, Tobias. It's your time, buddy. And I was, like, pretending to be Kelly Oubre. I was, like, it's my time, Kelly Oubre. And I said, nope. And we started laughing, like, (laughs) it's going to happen in a bad way. And he went out there and shook off what, up to that point, had been a horrific offensive performance, mostly a horrific three-point shooting performance. And attacked the rim as well as he has all season. First bucket was a dunk. Got to the dunk. baseline dunk, mm-hmm. hit a bunch of tough shots from you know six to eight feet where those are deceptively tough, where I know he's tall and athletic and whatever, and it's only six to eight feet away, but when you're leaning and you're falling away and you're not moving toward the basket on the shot, those are far from guarantees. And look, Kelly saw, he still took some threes, and he made an important one at the end of that big run, but Kelly understood at a certain point, like, the three-point shot is not going down. I got to get to the basket. And I think we probably both agree, Devon. His best work all season has been going to the rim. Yes. And taking guys. When he got, like, Luka Doncic on him out on the perimeter, that was – he's out. Just going right by him. Even on his weekend, yes. he was going right. And that's the mentality that he's got to show. When he's And we said it throughout the game, even as he's missing shots – I don't think there there might have been like one, maybe two threes where I was like, all right, Kelly, you got to reel it in a little bit. Everything else was mostly flow of the offense, balls moving around the perimeter, Kelly Oubre type shots. Like I'll take those 100 times. I'll also take them and live with them specifically because he's making good basketball plays, right? Like he goes on that long run. And he might have had a shaky play or two in the fourth quarter, but for the most part, he's reading the floor. His head is up. He's looking for his teammates. Mm -hmm. And so I I don't mind living with some hero ball if you can also use your ball handling, if you can also use your scoring gravity to set other guys up. Like that has always been the missing piece for Kelly. Yeah, he can go get his own, but everybody else is just cut off they're isolated and that leads to bad team offense if he plays good team offense like that I'm cool letting him cook and like part of the move of him to the bench in the first place is because Nick wants him to juice up the bench to give them more creation when they you know they have to sub off Tyrese Maxey when they sub off Buddy Heald and so he took to that in a big way tonight I don't know if this is just a one-off performance or maybe the start of something good for him, but he did just about everything you could have asked him
1: for in the second half, and and kudos to him for that. Eight points in that final four minutes of the third when Tyrese Maxey was out. That's what you look for. You needed needed that to come from somewhere, and yes, I did, as Kyle said, look to Buddy Hill and Tobias Harris. This is your moment to keep this thing going because they were winning. No, it was Kelly Oubre, and then he had the eleven in the fourth quarter playing all 12 minutes so he played 16 consecutive minutes to close out the game uh, of this contest and we also had a moment there where he was shooting shots and we were like oh here we go Kelly Oubre saying nick nurse this is my time but that was the time where he was missing when guys were out on, and that was his first substitution early on in the game and it was like uh oh this is bad this can't this can't be good yeah But it was good later on because it's exactly what they needed. They needed that mentality. When when Kyle is talking about Oubre driving to the basket, and I saw someone put it in the chat there also saying that Kelly Oubre, down the stretch here, has been really, while he's been struggling from the field, his driving to the basket, though, is what he's been doing. It's been a weapon and I don't mind when he tries to posterize somebody because... He is driving very, very – he's attacking the basket hard. Yeah. And when you have shot blockers there, you have to go with force. He's trying to hammer it home and not get it blocked. So I don't mind that. Strong and wrong, baby. That's just, it. Just Strong go and hard. I'm not mad at that. But to to this afternoon, as he really got it going with those final 16 minutes, specifically in that in that stretch from the four minutes and then the first two to three minutes of the fourth quarter where, again – Tyrese Maxey was out there, but he wasn't really out there playing like Tyrese Maxey. He was more of a decoy. He was he got an and-one to start things off. Tobias Harris had an and-one to start things off in that after they had that official review in that first 30 seconds. Once they got the 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 game going again, and they started to score points on the board. Again, those two and ones, Kelly Oubre was one of them, so he still, that 11 of their 14 points was, uh, pardon me, 11 of their 17 points was him because it was uh, another assisted one in that third quarter at the end. That was Nick Batum in the corner for a three courtesy of Kelly Oubre who drew that double team. And then again, Tobias Harris getting his three on that and one, Kelly Oubre, his and one, he was really, really good there in in that during that stretch, and he was really good. So if this is something that Nick Nurse was looking for, which we talked about, him going back to the bench to give them an offensive punch coming off the pine there, that is good. You're not going to get 21. You may not even get a, a run of 11 in one quarter, but if you can get his 14 points on average over the course of however many minutes he plays uh, yeah. along the four quarters of a game then that this is really what they needed so hopefully this gets him going Uh, same thing as they get ready for the Brooklyn Nets on Tuesday night this is the type of play that they need and it wasn't just that it was the passing it was the rebounding he was taking rebounds away from guys in traffic because why in the past the opponent has been the one coming in and sneaking and taking the rebound away he even had a bad one where Tobias Harris had it he knocked it out of bounds but you like the oppor- you know he's the opportunistic way of him thinking I got to go in here and get this rebound. Sometimes it's bad. Today was more good, and that's what you needed because he wasn't just settling for shots when the yeah. ball swung to him. There was one where it swung to him on the wing, and they were passing the ball, and we were like, "No, Kelly," because it looked like he was going to shoot it over some some long A contest. arms there. Yeah. And he said, no, I'm going to be patient, made the extra pass, and they got a good look out of it. So some really good stuff from him, again, in this one. One more Super Chat before we get to our other uh, thing that we need to share with everybody, and that is from uh, Davon, a.k.a. Schoolboy Beats, saying here, great W, only only uh, criticism here from nurses. You know, look too long to the timeout or the subs when the offense went stale and Maxi needs to stop the uh, – Harden, bring the bring the ball up, pass at 16. There was, it, yeah. at the end, they got way too slow. The and, league and, is that bad with it, with that in general. Yeah. So it's not just Maxi, it's the league, but I, I get you to your I, point. I definitely agree with the sentiment, Davon. I, I they wanna, got away with one. Before we
0: step away to talk about our, our wonderful yeah. friends, I, I do want to say, so the Oubre stuff, to me, what's important, too, on the other side of it, like we're talking about him being unselfish and team-friendly basketball, all that, they also looked to him once he got rolling. Like this is a they, the team around him was smart enough to recognize, hey Kelly's got it going. Let's keep getting him the ball. And, and that's what I mean when Especially I say Kyle Lowry. Yes, and that's what I mean when I say they showed cohesion and chemistry because we sit here and we see some of the reactions to Kelly playing right from his teammates. There are games when. He frustrates the shit out of not just me, (laughs) not just Devon, not just Derek, but guys who are on that floor and on the bench with him. And I think it's a great lesson for all those guys, for Kelly, but also his teammates, like just empower each other, right? Like if you make good basketball plays, they will come back to you. Like Paul Reed has learned that lesson, I think, the last couple of games where, yes, he took a trail three tonight, the Hubie Brown, I think – nearly put him in an early grave. But other than that, Paul Reed's game was attack the offensive boards, try to score around the basket, make the extra pass, get a guy a better shot. There's a Kyle Lowry play where I think it was right at the start of Tobias's run tonight in the second quarter. Kyle Lowry had like a decent look at a three, takes one dribble, dumps it off to Tobias. He gets like a 10 footer and that's the start of like a 10 or 12 point run for Tobias. So, these guys doing the little things, making the extra pass. Winning, led to please. So many open threes and, and buckets for guys who were struggling at the time or on the other side of it or cooking. It Just the level of trust shown was far, far, far better than we've seen in any game in recent weeks. I think you give basically everybody credit there, certainly to the Nurse, certainly to Lowry, with his difference-making in the lineup. I just – those things are all – really important to me as someone who like gets in the weeds with this team and the league at large, like that's the stuff that when you get into the playoffs, when you're in a tight round two series, making that one extra pass, that split second decision to either take a contested shot or try to get a pass through to somebody in traffic, that can be the difference between winning a game or not. And so it's really nice to see these guys building something without Joel there to basically be, the human superhero to carry them through these games.
1: And that's where the trust comes in as we talk about it, because we mentioned it earlier, but just want to bring it up one more time. And that is the fact that they ended up overall with nine turnovers on the afternoon. But in the first half, just one turnover, and they were protecting the basketball, giving themselves an opportunity to, And that was after Dallas turned the ball over 11 times, leading to 14 points for the Sixers. So the Sixers didn't give Dallas any points off the turnovers in the first half. And then even after three quarters, they ended up with five. Okay, it was going to happen at some point. They end up with nine still in single digits, but it didn't hurt them uh, in the long run. And that was where the trust goes. Not a lot of individual stuff. The ball snapping, swinging, finding the open man, and a lot of that... Certainly due to what the offense was, what it was called. And we'll talk about Nick Batum and Kyle Lowry with what they did because they had a big hand in that.
0: Yes, sir. But first, got to tell you about our good friends, my good friends at Bagels & Co. They offer huge Brooklyn style bagels made right here in Philadelphia. Can we get a bagel player of the game? We're going to have some more bagel-themed content mm. coming soon. So that's a, a nice tease for the audience. But, guys, look, I, I tell you all the time, I eat bagels several days a week. Bagels & Co. offers great variety, around 15 to 20 types of bagels at all times. They rotate seasonally. Got St. Patrick's Day coming up. Got a green bagel. You got Easter coming up. I don't know if there's, like, a special... Peep flavor. I'm just just throwing stuff out there. Peeps are a separate conversation we need to have at some point. (laughs) But if you're a cream cheese guy and you love those with your bagels, they offer 30 different flavors of cream cheese, and they rotate those throughout the year as well, including themed cream cheeses that incorporate the local sports teams, Eagles, Phillies, Sixers, and Flyers, and even probably the Union too, although I'm not as sure on that one. And along with that variety in both the bagels and the cream cheese is affordability. Bagels & Co. keeps their prices down so you can be an everyday customer as we're all battling inflation, price gouging, all kinds of stuff. That's not them. They want to make sure you can come in all the time, not just for a weekend splurge. And they offer premium coffee at a superior price to most national brands and chains. And guys, what is bagel than a good what is better i should say than a good bagel and a nice cup of coffee so for the best brooklyn style bagels made right here in philadelphia head to www.thebagelsandco.com slash store dash locator to find the closest bagels and co near you
1: and if you hang out with us on this sunday and every day that we are with you five days a week pregame, game day off games, types of shows that we have. We want to thank everybody for hanging out with us. And we want to ask people as you hang out with us again today and you watch this postgame show that you make sure that you go in and jump in like I did last Tuesday. A date
0: that will live in infamy. A
1: Discord member, but hey, make sure you do that. Become a Discord member. Become a diehard member as well. Podcasts, live shows on every team, every day we have it here for you. Post-game shows like right now, premium written content that you have from Kyle, Derek, Rich Hoffman is part of this group, Bo and Zach and Charlie, everybody contributing again to what we are building here. We want you to be a part of it. You can get 20% off of events. We have great merchandise. You get overall. a free t-shirt if you, you get sign up as a diehard. get t-shirt there. Members only discord that we talk to. It's called the PHLY Lounge that I'm now a part of. You might hear me screaming out, go get them, Rick. Not this afternoon, but that's okay. We're all right with that. Still 22 games left on the campaign. We'll see if we can get in there overall. And when you become a Die Hard member again, free T-shirt or a hat of your choice from PHLY Locker. You can unlock 20% off all merchandise as well. As we mentioned, the fact that you can get two-hour events for the entirety of your time as a member. Uh, these are just some of the perks that you have becoming a PHLY Die Hard member as well head over to all now and join the best sports fans in the city as we continue to build our community right here on the uh, phly sports network overall and right here on our show specifically phly sixers i have a couple super chats i want to hit real
0: quick let's we do so it we have a few first we got one because i know you won't say it from kai go crazy who says? Just because my uncle D is the man, it's my nephew, man. There you go, it's my nephew, guy,
1: nephew Kai. That's right, Kai. His brother called me right when the game ended to check in. And you guys doing it? <laughs> you guys doing a post game, right? So, Kareem, then he hit us up. My niece, she also jumps in, Kylie. So, thank you, appreciate it, man. Thank you very my much. Man. And we got a. Let's see, this is the tenth super chat on a
0: stream from play by play with JJ. We so met him. I want to shout him out. We did meet him the other night. He says. Yeah. Saw you guys at Chicken and the Egg the other night. Awesome win. Awesome job as always. Toby stealing that rebound from Doncic was beautiful. And you and we had a big reaction <laughs> to that exact play. Yep. Was it like three, about three minutes, minutes left or so? Yeah. And we'll probably it's a good segue into talking about Tobias, right? Like mm-hmm. the scoring is great. And again, some of the offense we saw, one of my favorite plays of the game was they got Tobias the ball, on the post, on the block, he gets doubled, he waits it out. Buddy, who we both agreed struggled for a lot of that game, timely cut, quick pass, Kyle Lowry, wing three. Like, that's how easy it should be. They have offensive talent on this team, and when they, they trust each other, they move the ball, and they space the floor properly, which... I will say about Kyle Lowry, men understands where to be on a basketball does floor. He ever. And he understands where everybody else needs to be to probably an annoying degree because he is yelling and screaming and pointing and doing all kinds of stuff. I love that about him. Same. I don't know if everybody on his team loves it over time. He's competitive, but you know, it comes from a good place. It, it does come from a good place. And so Tobias continued with something I brought up on the post game show the other day where. As part of his conversation with Joel, Joel stressed to him, like control the things you can control back to back games where we're watching Tobias go after the ball for rebounds. You know, he only ends up having five rebounds tonight, but the one offensive rebound he got was a big one. Mm -hmm. That's in a high leverage moment in this game. And aside from a play that you and I both rolled our eyes at in the first half, I thought he was at least like he did what we were talking about pregame. They're hitting bodies. They're boxing guys out. Dallas, I think, had 12 offensive rebounds to Phillies 13. So it's a very even battle there, despite the fact that the Sixers have struggled as a rebounding team for quite a while. And now they're playing a multiple six-foot guard <laughs> starting lineup. So there could be big trouble there. So Tobias is part of the solution there. I mean, across the board, everybody's pitching in. There was one guy, Nick Batum, that gets double-digit rebounds. Everyone else is just kind of scrapping and clawing for what they can get. So Tobias was a big help there as well as the scoring. And we love to see that because that's as infuriating for me as anything with the shot and the
1: offense is the rebounding. He started one for four in the first quarter. And in those minutes, we were sitting there and there was some typical Tobias stuff that we're like, okay, here we go. Here we are right now. And and this is tough. This is what the afternoon is going to be like. He didn't let that stop him. He started getting going. He had two points in that first quarter. He started getting going in that second, and he had 12 points in that second quarter, and they needed every bit of it because of how the defense did, in fact, change against Tyrese Maxey, and so with that, Maxey missing the early part of the second quarter because he played the entire first. That's just the nature of what Nick Nurse likes to do with Maxey since Embiid has been out, where he plays the entire twelve. Those were Joel Embiid's minutes before where Maxie would come out around the seven-minute mark. Now it's Maxie playing the entire 12. You needed somebody else to carry that responsibility, and Tobias Harris did that not only when Maxie was out of the game, but when Maxie returned in that second quarter, and he had some big shots. He finally, as we were watching it and we were saying, here goes the Tobias stuff, we mentioned getting those smaller guys on him on the low block, including Luka Doncic. He made some bad decisions in that first quarter of not attacking them when Mm -hmm. he had the advantage there with them back to the basket and exploiting that mismatch in terms of the size, right? Second quarter, it happened, but it was the first quarter as we talked about it. Hubie Brown was saying the same thing. (laughs) get after it while you're down there and then he started to do it he gave him the credit for it and that's what we wanted to see and then he kept going and he did not stop so that's where it's encouraging as we get ready for another game of the stretch where we discuss it all the time two week stretch Tobias Harris is going to be really good then he's going to have a two and a half three week stretch where he's not really good maybe this is the start of that stretch of a string of games and they could use it right now with 22 games remaining after 60 in the books now at 35 and 25. If we look at some more of the numbers, I mean, Kyle, Derek was talking about the eight in the 23 and then maybe trying to steal maybe two or three of that five Mm -hmm. there. You know, the goal is still maybe get mid 40s to stay in that top six because Brooklyn, when they had six seed last year, was at 46. So if the Sixers can do that and Tobias Harris can keep this level of play going, that might be something that will be – that will be something beneficial to this basketball team as that number two guy.
0: So I'm also – I want to give a shout-out to him. I did mention his name already, to Kyle Lowry, who, in spite of the fact that if you look at the stats, it seems like he had a horrible game, right? He's one for nine. He's a minus seven, so he's the only starter <laughs> with a negative plus minus. But I thought that game showed every reason why you wanted to get him at the deadline, why you're comfortable trading Patrick Beverly. Because again, we talked about the the relocation, the moving guys around, the the little defensive plays, so the low man rotations. We talked about his hands throughout the game, Devon, like getting his hands on a deflection or jarring a ball loose as somebody getting close to the basket just generally making things tough like I, he only ended up having a steal in the box score I think there are probably two or three other possessions where if he didn't directly create a turnover he was involved in a possession going to complete hell mm-hmm. for Dallas and I do think it shows too like this is not an indictment of Maxi, who we talked about was great and changed Dallas's whole defense it shows what happens when you put another guy who can play make and be closeouts and run the offense next to him on the perimeter because he doesn't have to be, you know, the constant I'm doing everything type guy. Lowry being on the floor allows the Sixers to put Maxie in off ball actions as well, like coming off of a screen. And then teams have a a tough decision there. Like, do you close out hard on him as he turns the corner on a screen? Because if you do, he might go right by you and get to the basket. So – Lowry also being that guy in four on threes is really helpful because when they hedge against Tyrese, all of a sudden Lowry now has an advantage that frankly, he's not creating that at his age. He can't move like that anymore. But if you set it up for him where he's already in the four on three, he's going to make the right decision, get to the right spot. Unfortunately... That layup that he missed in the fourth quarter is one of the most insane layup misses that
1: I, have th- I can remember. I have a theory on that because you were like, yo. <laughs> I have a theory. He's fucking old. <laughs> Actually, my theory is different because he didn't, ex- they just parted. Once he got by there, they parted. He's waiting for the contest. And he was like, oh, I am too wide open here. Not too wide open where I need to blow this layup. It was just more of he relaxed and didn't attack it like he probably would have. Had some contests come his way yeah and I, I think that was yes he is old and that's why he can't blow by the people like he used to but I thought that with that one he just simply said oh my goodness look how open I am and just blew the layup right there and, that, and very that's very
0: reminiscent of some James Harden yeah and, I, and, I got some PTSD from watching yeah, Harden yeah. no longer able to because get up and just go to the rim you relax
1: and think <laughs> oh I got this one I can't believe it I got this one and with that one, that's where it really looked like. I think it was a six point lead, and they needed that to, to push it to eight after <laughs> they made a bucket on the other end. And I was like, up oh, here it goes. Right here. Yeah. This is where it changes. So, really good game. And even with the Buddy Hill looking at 11 points, he had the five minute, I mean, five point stretch there, made three threes. Kyle Lowry played a better game than Buddy Hill for the totality of watching the game and how it yeah, all played I, out. If you
0: didn't watch the game and you look at the box score, you were yeah. never going to agree with that. But I. Take my word for it if it means anything to you, and if not,
1: you go watch it yourself. Winning plays, you think. winning plays from a guy who makes winning plays to help you win the game. Profit one, stop. You know I wasn't getting on Tobias Harris and saying uh, celebrate and stop pissing on Tobias. You stop it. You know good and well I we. See, I
0: see no pissing. Not from today in the PHI studio. Not today. <laughs> 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 All Not right, we today. Have to get to a couple more super chats and yeah. probably get up out of here. I would assume uh, our guy Al, the two-minute what warning, up, Al? says, "What's your comments about what ESPN reported about JoJo was on the court lifting weights that he was lifting before the injury?" So yeah, the I am blanking on her name, so apologize. Uh, I apologize to her right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ESPN sideline reporter today said this during the game that. Joe is now able to lift whatever amount of weight he could prior to having the procedure. So the translation seems to be that everything is on schedule. I continue to say the same thing, having talked to Joelle, having talked to doctors about this, I think it's probably in the range of six to eight weeks on that return. So it's still going to be a couple more here, but we are nearing it's three days from exactly a month from the surgery. So I would expect we get some sort of formal update from the Sixers probably end of the week if I had to guess. I don't think they'll go right on the month marker, but Mm -hmm. we'll see. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I would say generally no news is good news. Like if you're going to hear anything right now, it would be, oh, there's a setback or oh, there's this. So the fact that we're hearing very little and Joel is saying, I feel good. Things are moving along and nobody has changed
1: the initial timeline we expected. Those are all to the good. That's all I got on that. And if he can, in fact, get back later on because things are good here, no setbacks over the next couple of weeks once we get to the end of the month and they're able to hold up here and stay within that mix of that four, five, and six seed and not fall below that, who knows where things will be. Again, because as we talked about, you spoken to doctors. I spoke to a doctor even last week discussing that if he does, in fact, come back 15, 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes, they'll try to ramp him up that way And that's what they'll do during that final few games there to get him going. And if they can do that and win the games before he even gets back, and that might even change how they look, how to play him in those games, knock on wood, should he he in fact return. So as Kyle said, no news, good news. And the good news right now is that everything sounds on schedule. For right now, no bad news at, at this point.
0: And good synergy here with the Super Chats. We got another one on Embiid from Sanj. Thank you, Sanj, who asks or says, I should say, Embiid's leadership is making a difference even without him on the floor, was a pro press conference on Thursday that seems to have reset the team. So we did a whole deep dive on his presser and what he said. I I would say between that, between his conversation with Tobias, that talked to Tobias directly about it, about how it helped and what they talked about and what have you. Yes, this is, so this is why when they go through tough periods of the season or Joel's body language is bad or whatever, that we sometimes sit here and say, Joel has got to be a leader. Joel has got to send the right messages because we can see when he uses his voice, when he goes to his guys, when he shields them in different ways. So when he says, Hey, I got you, or Hey, This is not a big deal. He goes to Tobias and says, this is only seven games. His actions, his words carry more weight than anybody else in that organization. And so it is great when he has that leadership platform and he uses it to go out and say, I'm really excited to play with Buddy And I'm really excited to play with Kyle Lowry. I can see what they add. Like, Yeah, it's just like PR stuff. But those guys need to hear that stuff. That is your leader. That is the guy when you get into tough playoff matchups, you're playing the Knicks and the Heat and the Pacers and who Cleveland, whoever, he's going to have to pull you through the fire from time to time. And so it'd be easy for him watching from the sidelines to be grumbling and passive aggressive and, oh, I was hoping for more than this. And so good on him that he's – been a steady voice on the sideline. Good on him that he's seeking out Tobias and saying, "It's okay. Nobody's dying. You're not a, you're not a frontline hero. You're just playing basketball. Like keep the, the focus on what you need to focus on. And by the time he gets back, the team will be in a good place.
1: Good to see him at practice, participating yeah. however he can. Coming even to if more it's games voice, as well. Being on the bench at the home games, whether it's even in the second half. His presence is in the building, they know he's there, and he seems to even be on the bench talking to them while they're sitting there. So the spirit right now is good. Mm -hmm. It it looks really good. And when we talk about, oh, the vibes are high, they at 28 and 13, things look good. While they're losing, your best player is still around. In the past, we haven't seen the best player in Joel Embiid around when he's not playing. And that's a good thing to see right now. And if they can, again, stay within that mix and just be in the playoff, Playoff push and run and seating, all of that stuff. If he comes back, it's just gonna give them that much more of a lift. And any 15 to 20 to 25 minutes of him on the floor makes them that much better. And then when you add in the buddy heel part, Kyle Lowry with his voice, it makes me think about Jimmy Butler who always mic'd up, selling, you know, shoot and take over. Kyle Lowry
0: always sticks up, man.
1: And Kyle Lowry is that (laughs) as well where he may not be the same Kyle Lowry six-time All-Star and all of that. He's, he's trying to become a two-time NBA champion, and he'll do it however he does it, like he did this afternoon, and he's going to push that guy whatever it takes, for man. whatever it takes to get Joel Embiid over that hump and even Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris as well. This is great. All great right. win. Great win on
0: a great Sunday. Great win. We're going to walk out of here into some hopefully still nice weather. I do want to say before we get out of here, I saw the news broke while we were here that uh, veteran ESPN reporter Chris Mortensen passed away. Mm -hmm. He'd been battling cancer for a while. I saw it came up in the chat. Mm -hmm. I didn't personally know Mort, but everything I've heard from colleagues of ours in the industry is like a rock solid stand up guy, obviously ultra successful and great at what he did. So Thoughts with uh, the Mortensen family, all his friends, colleagues, etc. So was very sad to hear
1: that. I think he was only 72. so He really fought because, as you mentioned, yeah, he's been doing this for a while. while. And even when John Clayton, surprisingly for a lot of us, passed away a couple of years ago, he was still around to share his thoughts and yeah. say what he needed to say about John Clayton and how tough it was to lose him. Peter King announcing his retirement during the week. You see... Uh, Mort in there talking about that. Well, that's and one of the only time, things
0: Mort has said in a while. I think and, but like every the, time that's I how would, much it meant to yeah, him. Yeah,
1: and every time I would see Mort, I'm like, that's great. He's still he's still kicking, and it's great to see him out there. So I saw the same as as we were talking, and it was it was kind of like, ah, oh, shoulders drop to yeah. see Chris Mortensen. When you talk about NFL coverage for ESPN, NFL draft coverage for ESPN, certainly Adam Schefter, Mel Kuyper, all those, all those names, Chris Mortensen, you can't mention it without him.
0: It's just like a no nonsense, <laughs> like great reporter who's plugged in everywhere. And when I find in this business, the, the longer you go when people are still not saying bad things about you, that says how you got there, right? Like Chris Mortensen treated people the right way, yes. clearly yep. to have the reputation that he does. So Sorry to hear that. And sorry to end on a somber note at the end of a victory stream, but I had to pay the respects. had to pay our respect and, and shout them out. Also wanted to shout out many of our wonderful people who are here with us today. And basically always we had a lot of super chats today between Davon, the What up, Davon? Two minute warning. We had Assange. We had play by play with JJ. JJ and we had Kai go crazy here. What for up, Uncle
1: D. And Mr. Rudy Pooh. Almost forgot about Mr. Rudy Pooh. It's a great name, but it's just, it's a bad name. We can make jokes. But thank you, Rudy Poop. Thank you <laughs> to our super chatters.
0: We also had, as always, Money Mar, who's taken, once again, a beating in he the all, comments. He we knows st- what he's doing. We still love you, Money Mar, yes, even if you are trolling the ever-loving hell out of everybody. <laughs> we got Jay the Jungle. We got Rick Morse, Brian Knight, Remo K., Hey, Ron, who I've seen I've seen him more in the Discord recently. You guys should get in there. I'm telling you. Discord, I'm in there. We got Fusion, Sean O'Neill. We got Dom G68, Profit One. What up, Prophet? We love got, you got too. our guy Al, the two-minute warning again. I'll again? give it to you. I'll give it to him again. What uh, up, Al. We love our guy, Al. We got Bootzilla. We got him, Ambitious Culture Films. We got Brandon B. We got Alex Makoid. We got John Dickerson. I think I saw Coach Lowell Ricketts earlier. We got Marshawn Lynch, Joe Socks. All right, watch the Socks this Sunday. Joaquin from Cherry Hill. Joaquin, love y'all. Love all y'all and everybody else. If you have not already, if you weren't named, you can't be subscribed. You get (laughs) subscribers only. Hit that subscribe button, and if you hit the bell icon, you get notifications each and every time we go live. You hit the thumbs up button. Maybe Derek will be here on the next show, but I guess no promises. <laughs> when he sees shorts weather, he gets the hell out of time. And that's Dodge. all
1: week, isn't it? But outside uh, of the rain. Outside of the rain. We're off tomorrow, so don't look for us tomorrow. Off Monday off and then Monday. two games Tuesday, Wednesday. Back to back. So we thank you, Brianna, as always. Thanks to everybody. We see the dings in the chat. It's there for us, everybody. Kyle, is send us out on the ding as we get out of here. For Kyle, I'm Devon. Thank you, Bri. Have a great rest of your sunny Sunday. Enjoy Monday as well, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday post-game against the Nets. Oh, Goodbye. <laughs> we all silly like the man.